the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated, Rez. Good morning. Good morning to those of you who are online with us. It is good to be back. It's been, I, I came down with COVID just a few weeks ago, so I've been out for the last two weeks, and it's been a weird season to be home watching when normally this is, this is my life, to, to come and be with you as we worship together. But it's so good. I'm still recovering a little bit. I don't know if any of you got COVID and have that kind of COVID fog. I'm still kind of suffering from that a little bit, so be praying for me. But it's good to worship with you this morning. We are continuing our time in, in Epiphany Tide, Epiphany Tide, this season of Epiphany where we bear witness to Jesus being revealed to the world. Starting with the Magi a few weeks ago who came to worship the king and moving out from there into the world. Jesus is here. Last week, Jesus' mission was revealed in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. If you remember from last week, and, and Deacon Courtney preached so well for us, uh, as Jesus uh, sat down, he preached from this scroll, uh, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The kingdom of God was breaking into the world bringing healing and freedom and favor. God's promise back in Isaiah was being fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus in that very moment. Take heart, O people. Our gospel reading today, if you, if you just heard uh, Deacon Courtney pre, uh, proclaim the gospel, it, it takes form, the form of the second part of this story of Jesus visiting his hometown of Nazareth. We preached on the first part of this last week, and now we come to the second part. And these two parts of this story of Jesus' hometown visits to Nazareth actually kind of mirror each other in certain ways. In each of them, we, we, we hear a proclamation from Jesus, and then we get a response from the people of Nazareth. In the first part of the story, as we heard last week, we heard this good news from Isaiah 61. And we know it's good news because we hear the people respond by saying all spoke well of him and marveled at his gracious words. But now we get to part two of this story of Jesus' homecoming to Nazareth. And this part of the story doesn't end so well. I don't know if you're listening in to the gospel reading. Similar to part one, there is a proclamation by Jesus and then there is a response from the people. Except this time, Jesus' proclamation to the people isn't received well. He speaks a hard word to them, which we'll get to in, in just a minute here. And the people's response to this hard word is one of rage. They drove Jesus out of the town and intended to throw him off the cliff. So part one, good news. Part two, not so good news. Let's pause here for just a second, because this is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Luke. How crazy this story is. He's just starting off, Jesus is. This is the beginnings of his very earthly ministry in Luke. And right off the bat, as soon as Jesus preaches the good news of the kingdom, his own people, his home, hometown crowd is already looking to throw him off a cliff. Can you, can you imagine how crazy this scene is? If we think about this in like contemporary terms, I don't know. Uh, if this happened at Res when it first got planted, but it probably took a, at least a year for you guys to want to throw Sean off a cliff, right? 
two years? I don't know. I'm just kidding. But Jesus gets after this work, right, in, in the Gospel of Luke here. Doubtless you will quote me to me this proverb, Jesus says, Physician, heal yourself. What, you have heard, what we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. These are all, Jesus is anticipating this reaction from the crowd. And he says, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. He's anticipating what's going to happen next with the crowd. These are his people, after all. In this story, we, we hear Jesus speak a prophetic word, but not a word that people wanted to hear. As I was thinking about this passage this week, our family, uh, we started watching the new Disney movie, Encanto. Have you guys heard, watched this yet? We haven't finished it yet, so this is a spoiler-free zone, but we started it. So I know like half the story right now. But I've been thinking about one of the characters in that movie, Tio Bruno, Uncle Bruno. Bruno was blessed with the gift of premonition in that movie, of prophecy. He could... He, could, he would often share with people in the village something about their future, right? But it all, wasn't always good news for them, right? He didn't always share with them what they wanted to hear. And so he was actually cast out, ostracized for it. And so we hear the popular song that everyone's uh, singing these days, We Don't Talk About Bruno. <laughs> I can imagine after this scene in Nazareth, after Jesus passes through the, their midst and goes on his way, many in Nazareth might be saying something similar about Jesus. We don't talk about Jesus here. We've been circling around this theme during this epiphany season, let every heart prepare him room. And as we consider what it means to prepare our hearts for Jesus to come and to reveal himself to us, every once in a while, Jesus might have a word for us that we don't want to hear. We hear this echoed in our Old Testament reading from Jeremiah this morning. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth, Jeremiah. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word that God has given to Jeremiah to speak to Israel is a word that has the power to break down and to build up to pluck up and to plant. And sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, our lives need to be plucked up and broken down. And sometimes God actually does this work. His word does this kind of work for us. Have you ever had those moments in your life where a word comes to you and you don't want to hear it, but you know you need to? I think this is one of those moments in Luke 4. And so the question for us this morning is, what is this word for us today? First, Jesus declares, physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown, in your hometown as well. In other words, Jesus, if you really are the fulfillment of this amazing proclamation of good news that we just heard, then show us the signs that this is the case. If it's true that you can do all of these things, set free the oppressed, bring the year of jubilee, surely we deserve some of that blessing. This is Nazareth, your hometown. Show us what you can do, Jesus. At the heart of this word from Jesus is this sense of entitlement that Jesus was discerning in the hometown crowd. The people of Nazareth felt that Jesus should show them some special favor. 
There's privilege at play here in the synagogue. We see this all the time in the world when someone becomes famous or they win the lottery and all of a sudden all these people come, emerge out of the woodwork from their past and and they want to get in on this, this blessing, this fame, this fortune of these people, right? Another way to describe what's going on here, I think what Jesus is anticipating is that the people of Nazareth have this expectation of favor from Jesus, but they will not accept him as prophet. They want the gift, but not the giver. They want the good news, but not the hard word. They want the blessings of Jesus, but not Jesus himself. Friends, I can't tell you how many times in my own life, especially when things are hard, how I can easily shift into this same attitude towards Jesus. It's so easy, isn't it? To make this shift in our heads and our hearts that we want the blessings of Jesus, the blessings of life, of provision, of peace, of safety, but we don't want Jesus himself. It's easy to see church this way, isn't it? In the same way, we, what can church do for me? Instead of what kind of life are we building and cultivating together in this, in this space? This is what I think is behind our Corinthian text for today. If you were listening in about speaking in tongues, Paul is arguing that it's far better for the Corinthians to pursue gifts that edify the body of believers, that edify one another, not just the gifts that benefit a person individually. In verse 17, he says, For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. There's a similar logic here at play, I think. And we see this in other places in Scripture as well. We see this in the story of Jacob and Esau and the birthright of Isaac. We see this in the story of the prodigal son who demands his inheritance from the father and leaves town. Just give me the blessing, Jesus. The second word from Jesus this morning comes from both within this text and then the larger context of Luke Acts as well. If you're new to the Bible, if if it's still unfamiliar to you, you might not know that the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts are actually, they were both written by Luke and they're intended to be read together, even though they're not like next to each other in our Bibles. They're intended to be read together. They actually have similar themes that run all the way from the beginning of Luke to the end of the book of Acts. And one of these themes is that the good news of Jesus and his kingdom was never intended to just be for Israel. Yes, God was sending Israel a Messiah to bring salvation, but this salvation was intended for the whole world, not just for the people of Israel. In Luke 2, we we hear the angels proclaim to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. When Jesus is brought to the temple, we hear Simeon proclaim, for my eyes have seen your salvation a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. In the beginning of the book of Acts, we hear Jesus give his final charge before he ascends to heaven. And he says to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. And to where? To the ends of the earth. And if you've ever read through the book of Acts, you'll know that one of the most prominent themes in the book of Acts is is this mission that Paul is on 
to go first to the Jews, but then it expands to the Gentiles, to the whole world. And then we have our text for today, the second part of Jesus' proclamation to the people of Nazareth. We get in verses 25 through 27, these two stories from the Old Testament, one from the prophet Elijah and one from the prophet Elisha. Have you, did you notice as, as Jesus was talking about these two prophets in this story that they were sent to and for the people of Israel? But actually in these examples, these prophets blessed Gentiles in the Old Testament. They blessed, he blessed the outsiders of the people of God. In the midst of this hard word for the people of Nazareth, Luke is declaring good news that the gospel of the kingdom is and always has been intended for the entire world. And we, you and I, are all inheritors of this good news. We are the inheritors of Jesus' proclamation to the disciples to go to the ends of the earth. We are the ones who have received that gift. But this was a hard word for the people of Nazareth. And I think it can actually be a hard word for us today as well, because even though in this, even though this is a message of really, really good news, it actually might run up against some of our own hard-heartedness towards others. One of the most prominent effects of sin, and I've talked about this before, so this is nothing new, but one of the most prominent effects of sin in our lives is that it turns our hearts inward. And we become, it, it can create this space of like exclusivity, right? We start to only think about what's best for me and, for, and what's best for my family. This is also what I think is behind our Corinthian passage for today as well. What was the main problem that Paul was trying to address in the Corinthian church? Entitlement and exclusivity, right? Hardened hearts towards others. Divisions were happening in the Corinthian church, especially between rich and poor, those who had influence and power and those who didn't. And in chapter 11, Paul calls out the Corinthian church for this entitlement and this exclusivity that we see going on here. He says, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you, sh- that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own private meal. One goes hungry, another goes drunk. Do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? Paul's invitation in our Corinthian reading for today is a reminder to see and use our gifts, not for ourselves and our own benefits, but in a way that turns our, our hearts and our eyes outwards to be a blessing to others first and foremost. The people of Nazareth were looking for special favor from Jesus on that day. And his word to them was a reminder that the mission of God in the world was far, is far greater in scope than anything they could have ever realized. The mission of God was a movement outwards into the world. And like Paul in Corinth, this mission of God invites us into this same movement outwards. Jesus' word is a hard word because it runs up against our entitlement and our exclusivity. But this hard word today can also be an invitation. And so I want to, to close our time with just a few questions to kind of help us uncover what this invitation from Jesus might be today. So I want you to just sit in your chairs and, and just pause for a second. 
And I want you to think about your life as you have it right now. And think about these questions. In what ways have you gone the way of entitlement and exclusivity in your life with others as you have it right now? Are there ways in which you can see entitlement and exclusivity in the way that you live? In other words, how has your heart been turned inwards in your life today? Can you think of moments or stretches where you've been so focused inward that you've lost sight of God's grace? Have you lost sight of his kingdom that is for the whole world, not just for you? Think about the ways in which you engage your walk with Jesus here at Res, at our church. Are there daily and weekly practices whether they're devotional practices or worship practices that are only focused on personal gain or benefit? Or are your devotional practices the way that you intend to follow Jesus in your life? Are they for the benefit of others as well? Next question, in what ways have you desired the gifts that Jesus gives more than Jesus himself in your life? And lastly, this is a question for us to think about together, to think about our life together as a church. How does entitlement and exclusivity come to bear in our church today? Who benefits from our life together at Res? Who's left out? Can we become the kind of people that are pulled into this vision of the kingdom that moves us past ourselves so that we see blessing not as something to hold on to, but as something we primarily want to give away. The final word for us this morning is that nothing can get in the way of Jesus' mission. Not even this angry hometown mob that tries to kill him. There's a resurrection mystery at the heart of our passage from Luke this morning. It's, that, it's this, that even though the crowd was ready to throw him off the cliff, Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. And Jesus went on his way all the way to the cross for our sake and for our salvation. And this is good news. Jesus passed through death and went on his way in order to gather up all things together in him And bring restoration to the whole world. Jesus is even now on his way. And he is not limited by our entitlement and exclusivity. He is present and at work in the world. And he will continue to go on his way.
for the sake of the world. And he invites us to follow him. This is the Jesus that we encounter every week when we come to the table. Each time we come near to Jesus and we receive his body and blood at the table, we remember again and we partake in this resurrection mystery that Jesus is on his way and he's calling us to himself. His kingdom is available to us. Let us draw near to this Jesus and make room in our hearts to receive him this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.